It is Wednesday, June 19th, and you are listening to Pink is the New Podcast by me, Trent Venegas, where I recap and comment on all the fun, entertainment, and pop culture gossipy stuff that happened over the past week. So, let's get to it. Alright, so last Wednesday, uh, June 12th, it was reported that the Spice Girls are making a new movie. So as you may know, four of the five Spice Girls, Victoria Beckham not included, have reunited for a reunion uh, tour in Europe, and uh, they've been doing very, very well. And all things Spice Girls is, like, in high demand right now as the nostalgia factor is, is, is riding really high right now. So to capitalize on this uh, reunion train that's happening, the Spice Girls have decided to uh, appear to be in a new... to make a new movie... Uh, previously, they uh, appeared, starred in Spice World, which is uh, probably one of the greatest movies ever made. Um, so now it's time for the Spice Girls to make another movie. And Miracle of Miracles, all five Spice Girls will be involved in this new Spice Girls movie. The only trick is, this movie will be an animated feature. So, yes, it's a new Spice Girls movie, but no, the actual living embodiment of the Spice Girls will not be appearing in the movie. But all five Spice Girls are included, which does include Victoria Beckham uh, providing uh, the voices for their characters. And all of the Spice Girls' music will be included. And there are rumors that the uh, movie will have a superhero feel to it. So, Spice Force 5, the superhero group, might become a reality. We'll have to stay tuned and see. Um, I, for one, am very excited for this movie. Um, As I mentioned before, when the Spice Girls uh, announced their reunion tour, I don't fault Victoria Beckham for not wanting to uh, participate. She is hugely successful as a fashion designer now, and she doesn't really need to be a Spice Girl, nor would it really help her brand very much. Um, But for her to agree to provide... Uh, the voice for her character in an animated Spice Girls movie sounds like a really smart thing for her to do. Um, it'll be geared towards children, I'm sure, and grown-ass adult Spice Girls fans. Um, so it plays into her being a mom and a businesswoman as well. So, new Spice Girls movie on the way. It'll be animated. It'll have all five spices. It'll have, uh all the Spice Girls uh, songs in it, so um, it's going to be a hit. I can already tell. Um, Let's see. It was also reported last Wednesday that uh, a photo leaked from the set of the new Loki TV series that will premiere on Disney's forthcoming streaming uh, television network. Um, As you may know, 
Disney will be launching their own streaming network to compete with Netflix and Hulu, and it will reportedly feature every single Disney film ever, as well as many of the new properties that they've acquired, including Star Wars. And among uh, the new offerings will be a show that will star Loki, Tom Hiddleston as Loki. So there was some confusion about how, what the show would be all about because we know that Loki died in, um, in Avengers, the first Avengers movie, uh, or, or the, the, not the most recent Avengers movie, but the, the previous Avengers movie. And, uh, but then he came back due to all of this dimension time travel stuff they did in Avengers Endgame. So it was like, well, when is this going to take place? So it looks like the show will at the very least be set in the past in some capacity because the leaked photo from the set features Tom Hiddleston dressed as Loki filming his scenes in what looks to be the 1970s. The picture is of Loki standing in front of a movie theater and the marquee um, is advertising the movie Jaws, which very famously came out in the 1970s. So at least for some bit of time, the Loki series will be set in the past. And considering the fact that he's dead in the semi-present, it does make sense that any series that features him will be set in the past. So um, we don't really know too much about the series as of yet, but this leaked photo does give us some insight as to how it's going to turn out. So we'll keep an eye on it to see what transpires. Um... Netflix announced that She-Ra, the third season of She-Ra, will premiere on Netflix on August 2nd. So She-Ra premiered, the first season premiered last fall. The second season premiered just a few months ago. And now season three will be premiering um, this summer in August. So clearly Netflix is very happy with the way that Shira, their animated series is doing, and they are happily churning out the episodes, which I think is great. I loved the first season. I really enjoyed the second season. Um, I, you know, I, I talked about this before in a previous podcast. I like how the show is doing its own thing with, with changing the story by and large, but also honoring and doing shout outs to the original animated series from my youth. So I appreciate that. Um, you know, if you remember my one criticism is I don't really love the animation style, but even that is starting to grow on me. So, um, I am a She-Ra fan. If you are a She-Ra fan, mark your calendars for August 2nd when the third season of She-Ra will return with more episodes on Netflix. Last Thursday, Taylor Swift uh, did a live stream where she announced that her new album, her seventh album, is coming out on August 23rd, and it will be titled Lover. The album will feature 18 songs, which is the most songs she's ever put on an album thus far. And to coincide with the announcement of her forthcoming new record, she released a very gay-friendly slash anti-bullying song titled 
you need to calm down. Uh, and as you will hear as I continue to uh, talk about the week, there is more Taylor Swift news to come uh, in just a little bit. So, But last Thursday uh, is when the world first found out that Taylor announced her new album, what it will be titled, when it will be released, and we got to hear the second song that will be featured on it um, following uh, the, her, the, her, the last song she released, Me, which is her duet with uh, Brandon Urie from Panic! at the Disco. Um, in addition to this news about her new record and the release of the new single, she also uh, talked about a collaboration that she's working on with fashion designer Stella McCartney, which will be released around the time that her album will be released in August. Not a lot of details about what this collaboration will be, but considering the fact that she's working with Stella McCartney, it'll probably be fashion related. And, uh, sounds like a great idea to me. Not that I would be wearing anything that Taylor may design, but who knows? Um, I'm sure that this collaboration, whatever it will be, will be a very successful one, considering it's coming from Taylor and Stella, two very, um, talented and, and really successful women. Um... Last Thursday, Burger King announced that they're releasing a upside-down Whopper to promote the forthcoming new season of Stranger Things. Now, as you may recall in a previous podcast, I mentioned that Coca-Cola is reissuing the new Coke formula that they famously released back in the 80s to huge failure, but they're re reissuing that um, formula of Coke as a tie-in promo with the 1980s set new season of Stranger Things. So Burger King is getting in on the um, Stranger Things promo, and considering that Burger King um, also offers Coca-Cola products, uh, I think it'd be really smart if they also offered new Coke um, along with this upside-down Whopper meal that they're offering. Now, as far as I can tell, this upside-down Whopper is just like a regular Whopper, but it's just upside-down. So I think it's, you know, got all the same ingredients and it's built the same except for the bottom bun is on top and the top bun is on the bottom and the packaging is upside-down and all of that is clever, I guess. Or boring, whatever. Um, but they've all, they also, in their, in their promo uh, photos... Uh, reveal that their their ketchup packages um, uh, look like they 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 reference um, Eleven's bloody noses. So the ketchup packets look really cool. The upside down Whopper thing seems kind of boring and lazy, maybe. But whatever. The fact that I'm talking about it to you, and uh, you may likely talk about it with other people, means that the promo is working. So. Upside Down Whoppers are coming your way uh, at a Burger King near you. Um, The production company Bloomhouse has announced that they're remaking the 1974 slasher movie Black Christmas, which is set for release this Christmas in December. Um, Black Christmas is one of, if not the first slasher movie 
in the horror genre. It predates Halloween, which I believe predates Friday the 13th. So Black Christmas goes all the way back to 1974, and it's being remade uh, for a new generation this year. Um, I like Black Christmas. I mean, honestly, I like Friday the 13th, and I love Halloween, uh, and those are movies that I've watched many, many times. I've only seen Black Christmas a couple times, but, you know, it's one of those horror classics that you have to have seen once, and if you haven't seen it, please do, and get ready, because uh, there's going to be a remake. You know, I'm not super amped on the remake idea, but, you know, if you know, it's, it's not one of the movies that's been remade a lot. So I, I'm, I don't have a problem with it. If there's, if, if they want to make a new black Christmas, I'm all for it. Let's make it super awesome, super bloody, super scary. And I'm down, I'm down, I'm down. Um, okay. And a personal thing last Thursday, I, uh, managed to secure a really awesome cheap ticket to see Imogen Heap live in concert at the Greek theater. Now, I am a huge Imogen Heap fan. I go back with Imogen way back to her first album, I Megaphone. Um, The first time I ever saw Imogen Heap live, she was opening for Rufus Wainwright when he was promoting his debut album back in the late 90s. Um, I was mildly obsessed with that record. So I saw Rufus at least three times the first time he came to Detroit and a couple times after that while he was promoting that and his following record. Uh, But anyways, on the first tour, Imogen was the opening artist. So I saw him three times. I saw her three times and I loved her. I thought she was fantastic. My then boyfriend, first boyfriend, um was really, really good with, like, knowing about these new artists really early, and he got me her debut album, iMegaphone, and we listened to it and was obsessed with it. Um, I got my best friend Sarah back home in Detroit obsessed with it, so she came to all these shows with me. She's an Imogen Heap fan, so we've been Imogen fans for a very, very long time. Imogen hit the bigger time when she timed up, she teamed up with producer Guy Sigsworth and they, they did their side project Fru Fru, which was pretty successful here in the U S. Uh, so people know Imogen from Fru Fru and then, um, other artists sampled her and Fru Fru's music and Ariana Grande is a huge fan and she covered an Imogen Heap song. So Imogen Heap is someone who's fantastic. You should know her. You should love her. Last Thursday, I saw her in concert. And Wonder of Wonders, my good friend Casey, who I've talked about a couple times on this podcast, he was there as well. So we met up and we hung out and we uh, were able to gush over Imogen's show. And I had forgotten how much I really, really love her. She is a little bit like Tori Amos, a little bit like Bjork in that she's quote unquote quirky and tells like really interesting and funny stories. Um, But she's a musical genius. I love her music. I love her songwriting. I love her singing. She, in the past nine years, I want to say, developed these gloves that are like a musical instrument where she can sample herself and play instruments based on her finger movements and the way she moves her arms. And um, I believe the gloves are called Mimu or something like that. M-I-M-U. And uh, they're really, really cool. I've never seen her perform with them before. 
and uh, and this last Thursday was my first chance to do so. So I had a great time. It was a really, really special show for me, having not seen Imogen for so many years, and um, getting to see the show with my friend Casey made it all the more special. So, um, yeah, it's like the second week that Casey and I saw a show together, which is kind of funny. Um, He and I are, you know, new friends, but we're becoming really good friends, and I love seeing shows with him, so let's see what show uh, the two of us see together next time. Um, on Friday, Taylor Swift, having just released her very gay-friendly song, uh, you, need to sit, you Need to Calm Down, uh, performed a surprise little mini-concert at the Stonewall Inn in New York City, which 50 years ago this, this June um, was the site of the beginning of the gay rights movement when the riots at Stonewall happened. So Taylor was invited by the by Stonewall and AEG promoters, and uh, she performed "Shake It Off" and was introduced on stage by Jesse Tyler Ferguson from Modern Family. And uh, in my opinion, uh, I thought it was very very cool of her to do so. Now, Taylor, you know, has long been a country artist playing for a conservative audience and she's taken a lot of flack for her lack of being political and not speaking out on things, which I ultimately think is bullshit. Um, I mean, I've talked about this before, but the long story short is I don't think that artists owe anyone anything about their personal lives or their political beliefs, but when they do, I welcome them whether they're good or bad, if they're, if they're things that I align myself with, then I'm happy to celebrate them and welcome their support. If they're things that I do not endorse or that I, that I feel are wrong or go against my rights, then I know who I no longer need to support. So I don't think artists have to, but I do welcome when they do. Um, so I'm glad that Taylor's, that Taylor is talking about these things. She wants to support them. She's been an ally for many years. I'm very confident and she's hinted at this and this isn't really news, but the fact that she's doing so, so forcefully says to me that she is willing to risk financial gain by alienating her conservative fan base by throwing her support behind issues like gay rights and abortion rights Um, when she knows that um, a fairly significant portion of her fan base will probably denounce her and stop supporting her. Um, But at this point, she has decided this is what she wants to do, and I am happy to accept it. Um, So, you know, as soon as I found out that she performed at Stonewall, I retweeted, re-Instagrammed, and reposted video that someone shot from the front row and uh it was really cool I thought it was really amazing and I think good for Taylor for um for doing that I wish I'd been there that would have been really awesome you know Madonna has performed at Stonewall during a surprise uh performance she did so earlier this year so look if uh if Madonna and Taylor Swift are doing doing these sorts of things then it's something that uh I think is great because people are talking about it Um, in semi-trash news, 
OJ Simpson joined Twitter for the first time last Friday, and he did so saying that he has, quote, a little getting even to do, which I take to mean that he is planning to use the social network as his way to say whatever he wants to say about the things that he may or may not have done. Um, I mean, without rehashing the whole entire thing, I personally still believe that O.J. Simpson got away with murder, so I will never be a fan. I don't need to follow him on Twitter. I don't need to know what he wants to tweet about or what, you know, whatever he's saying. But, um, you know, it's it's pop culture worth talking about, and O.J. Simpson's on Twitter use that information as you will. I think he remains trash. And that's all I need to say about that. Um, on Friday, okay, I'm gonna save this for the, uh, for the last thing about Friday. Um, Netflix announced that Stranger Things actor Gaden Matarazzo is hosting a prank show that will play pranks on people looking for work. Now, just hearing the description makes it sound like kind of a shitty show. Like, let's take unemployed people and make them think they're getting work and then play jokes on them and give them a check and make fun of them on TV and send them on their way. I mean, that sounds kind of shitty. Um, and there has been some backlash about this news. Netflix has, has retorted by saying that, you know, oh, the pranks are sci-fi and they're fun and they're, like, about supernatural, so it's, like, clearly a fun show. But I don't know. It just seems like bad taste and bad form to to try and make people that are unemployed looking for work thinking they're going to get work when actually they're going to be made fun of on a tv show but i will say having worked with gaden previously um it doesn't really jive with the the young man that i met and and think that i know um gaden was a guest judge on halloween wars the last season of halloween wars that i produced last year and uh, he's a great, great kid. Like, he was really, really fun to work with. And uh, I I did not get the impression that he was mean-spirited at all. So maybe this show is being uh, colored in a way that makes it seem less fun than it will be. But I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, at first brush, it doesn't sound like a great idea or something that I would be interested or want to watch. But I'm willing to give Gaten the benefit of the doubt and Netflix too, because Netflix doesn't tend to do these kinds of shitty things. So I'm going to take a wait and see approach before I pass judgment. But that new show is uh, at present coming our way. Um, uh, okay, so the the big news on Friday is Madonna finally re- released her new album, Madam X, and I heard it. And I like it a lot, but honestly, I haven't spent enough time with it to really give a forceful and um, detailed review. Um, I listened to the record in full a couple of times, and I will say that it is probably the best thing she's done in over a decade. Um, it is... I mean, I know people are comparing it. They're saying like it's, you know, it's it sounds like it's it come it it's a follow up to American Life, and I don't think that that's true. And some people are saying it's just as good as Confessions on the Dance Floor, and I don't really agree with that either because I really really love that record. Uh, but I will say it is 
it's really, really good. It's better than the last few albums she's put out. It's better than Rebel Heart. I think it's better than MDNA. Um, it's better than Hard Candy. Um, it's a little all over the place, but that's what I kind of love about it. Um, it's inventive. It's, it's fun. It's young, but it's not, I don't think it's pandering. I think it's, it's, it's really an interesting record with music that is not throwaway or boring. Uh, the one criticism I have is with the use of auto-tune on her voice because more times than not, I think Madonna sounds like Cher. Um, a lot, a lot of the songs I'm hearing Cher more than I'm hearing Madonna, and that kind of takes me out of it. But considering that she's working with Mirway as the producer, and Auto Tune is like his thing, and vocal distortions are his thing, like I get it. But I wish it sounded more like Madonna and less like Cher. But that's like really my only criticism. To be honest, though, I really want to spend more time with the record. I need to listen. I need to read the lyrics. Um, I'm sure hearing the music live will also have an impact. Um, but if I were to give a thumbs up or thumbs down, I would give it a hearty thumbs up. Um, I would applaud Madonna for finally being more on the inventive side of uh, music creation spectrum. It doesn't sound like she's following trends. It kind of sounds like she's on the cutting edge again and that's something that I really miss from, from Madonna for a very very long time so Madame X gets a, a full throated endorsement for me um, I'm very curious to hear what other people think I've read some reviews and some fan reviews and from what I've seen casually on social media uh, friends and, and other you know acquaintances that I had know on social media they either love it or they hate it so I'm, but I'm seeing more loves than hates, which is great. So if you have an opinion, if you have uh, a say that you want to uh, get my way, please message me. Um, I'm very curious to hear what other people think personally. But uh, at the, the first couple times I heard the record, I really, really like it. Um, and uh, yeah, so Madonna's got a new record out. I like it. Go buy it. You listen to it. You tell me what you think. Um, on a personal note, last Friday, um, I hung out with my friend Wes and we did something that we'd been talking about doing for a while. Finally, um, I am a new fan of, um, a, a drink, an alcoholic beverage called Viking blood, which is basically honey wine or mead, which is a drink that the Vikings uh, are famous for that they drank, you know, thousands of years ago. And the first time I ever had it was uh, at my friend Jesse's birthday, celebrating his birthday at Uncle Henry's Deli here in California, his favorite place. And on his recommendation, he's like, you've got to try this drink. You know, it's sweet, but it's it's good. It's like 19% alcohol. I'm like, holy shit. Um, you know, you really can only drink one glass and you're good. You're really, really good. Two glasses and you're drunk. So I was like, all right, Wes, we got to try this out. He and I have this like Viking thing. That's a whole other story that I'll talk about maybe some other time. But anyways, um, so I brought home a bottle. We drank it. We did some arts and crafts. Wes is very handy with construction paper, scissors and tape. He crafted a Viking helmet with horns and everything, which I thought was super cool. And uh, I pulled up my runes and we did readings. And the more that we drank, 
the less uh, memorable the night gets for me. Uh, we finished the whole bottle ourselves. Then we um, made our way out to um, another. To, we went to a bar, and I I don't really remember much for the rest of that night. So much so that the next day was complete death for me. I had the whole next day to recover. I. Yeah, like I'm at the age where hangovers last more than a few hours, more than a morning for sure. So I was a mess the next day. But um, for what I remember, Friday night was a fun night. I love Viking blood. Like drink it in moderation, drink it with a friend, um, serve it chilled. That's how I love it. Um, it's sweet, but it's really, really tasty. It's strong, um, but it's 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 great. So I love that stuff. I'm gonna have to grab another bottle, keep it on hand for another night of revelry, mirth and merriment. Uh, yeah. So that's what uh, I did last Friday night. Um, on Saturday, when I wasn't dying, um, I was kind of keeping my eye on the news and. Saturday was the night that the Spice Girls actually performed the last date of their 2019 reunion tour in Europe. They, at the end of 16 shows that they performed this year, they performed in front of 700,000 people, which is insane to me. Um, So even without Victoria Beckham, the Spice Girls reunion was a huge success. Uh, Jerry Hallowell, Ginger Spice, used the uh, opportunity of the final performance to formally and publicly apologize to the Spice Girls and to the fans for uh, leaving the group when she did in in the late 90s, early 2000s, whenever she quit the band. So if you remember, the Spice Girls were riding high until Jerry Hallowell got too big for her britches, decided to go solo had her own solo career to marginal success, but her leaving the band is what broke them up in the first place. They carried on without her. She ended up coming back. They reunited for real in the late 2000, like the late 00s. So like 2008, 2009, I want to say. So that was the last time the Spice Girls really all performed together. But as far as I'm aware, she never really apologized for leaving the group in the first place. But she did so uh, on Saturday night during, uh, or at the end, at some point during the final performance of the Spice Girls' uh, last show at Wembley Arena in London. Now, I understand that uh, there are rumors that, that the Spice Girls may go to Australia to form a show or some shows there. But I don't know that there's been any kind of real information about them touring elsewhere in the world. So, so far, no news that they're going to come to the U.S. or Japan or anywhere else like that. So, you know, these last 16 dates might be all we get. Um, Or they might go to Australia. Or they might come to the rest of the world. But there's nothing official about anything. So, as we know it, as it stands right now, the Spice Girls performed their last reunion date last Saturday. Also on Saturday... Rachel Dolezal got her name back in the news. Now, those of you who 
our, uh, you know, old Pink is a New Blog readers may remember Rachel Dolezal because uh, my friend and writer Shannon and I used to talk about this crazy lady often. So Rachel Dolezal is the white woman who decided she wanted to be black. So she pigmented her skin and changed her hair color and says she identifies as a black woman and was just, you know, total weirdo what I, whatever i mean i am not a ra- i am not a dolezal fan but i do love sharing memes about her with uh shannon and our and my and our friend emma that's like our thing is this woman and shannon was the one who gave me the heads up that rachel dolezal is back in the news because for pride month she announced on her official Twitter, she is celebrating pride because she is a bisexual. So not only is this white woman claiming to be a black woman, but now she's claiming to be a member of the LGBTQ community, whether or not it's true or not. So it's kind of hard to believe this woman because she kind of doesn't really have a great track record for uh, being someone that's honorable and trustworthy. She also seems a little nuts, but um, there you go. Rachel Dolezal is now a bisexual woman, and she wants the world to know it. So happy Pride, happy Pride from Rachel Dolezal. Um, Actress Courtney Cox reunited with her best friends and former Friends co-stars Jennifer Aniston and Lisa Kudrow for her birthday and she shared a photo of the three of them on her official Twitter account. I'm sorry, her official Instagram account last Saturday. And it's such a cute photo because it's like Rachel, Monica, um, and and Phoebe all together again in a cute photo to celebrate Courtney's birthday. And if you're not following Courtney Cox on Instagram, you need to. Whether or not you're a Friends, Friends, Friends fan, um, her, her Instagram feed is really, really great. But if you're a Friends fan, you... Seriously, if you're a Friends fan, you're already following her. I know this. But if you're not, by some crazy, for for some crazy reason, you're not. Follow Courtney Cox on Instagram, please, because she's great and her Instagram is is fun. Um, also, last Saturday, Lana Del Rey teased some new music. She teased a snippet of the title track of her new album, Norman Fucking Rock- Rockwell on her official Instagram account. Um, the song, uh, she only played a snippet of it, so we hear a little bit of lyrics, and it's the the video that she posted, she has, like, this weird filter on her face that makes her look like she's a drawing, and she's, like, you know, lip-syncing the lyrics to the song, uh, and the song and album is titled Norman Fucking Rockwell, And in a comment underneath the video on her Instagram, she posted, this is so much my favorite for so many reasons, referring to the song. So, um, it's, it's, it's a ballad. Uh, so from Lana Del Rey, we're going to get a ballad, shocker of shockers. It sounds like a Lana Del Rey song. So, um, I'll need to hear more to form a, a more a better opinion of the song, but from what I heard, sounds like Lana and that's what we want from Lana Del Rey. So, um, I don't think she's announced when the album is going to come out. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if she ends up just dropping the whole thing one day or we end up waiting for another two years. 
So who knows? But the fact that Lana is um, teasing new music is a good sign. Earlier this year, she uh, released a cover of Sublime's um, of a Sublime song. So she's, you know, getting herself back out into the world, you know, with her music. And um, that can only be good news for Lana Del Rey fans. So new music could be soon could also be far away but at least we have something new to sample and talk about on sunday beyonce and jay-z's firstborn child blue ivy carter performed uh at a dance recital at the debbie allen dance academy so the video came out on sunday which means that the performance probably took place on saturday and Blue Ivy is all grown up. She's like a little kid now. And she was dancing her little booty off at this little dance recital. The video that is circulating um, has her and her fellow dance classmates dancing to Beyonce's Before I Let Go song. So is this a sign of what's to come from Blue Ivy? Is she telling us that she's going to follow in her mom's footsteps and become uh, a big pop star? Eh, Maybe, maybe not. But uh, for what it's worth, it's very, very cute to see um, little Blue Ivy turning into a kid uh, who is just like any other kid at a dance recital. But in this case, dancing to her mom's song. And her mom is one of the most uh, famous and biggest stars in the world. So that's cool. If, uh, if you want to see this video, it's, it's really easy to find. So check it out. Um, this may be the first of many reports of Blue Ivy's uh, future as a possible pop star entertainer. Um... Lena Headey, actress from Game of Thrones, um, gave an interview where she revealed that she filmed a miscarriage scene for the final season of Game of Thrones that obviously wasn't used because uh, her character, Cersei, did not suffer a miscarriage. She died while she was still pregnant with uh, her twin brother's baby. Um, But she did it she did reveal that they wrote and filmed a scene where Cersei had a miscarriage but clearly the Game of Thrones writers decided that that's not the way they wanted to go with that storyline um so that's interesting but the most interesting thing that we learned from from Lena about from this interview was that uh she wished that Cersei had suffered a, a better death than what she suffered on the show and I think the whole world agrees as you may recall her character Cersei was killed uh in the uh on the show when she was crushed by rocks off camera like we didn't even see it happen which is such a lame fucking way to die especially when you consider how awesome the character was and how evil the character was and how much she got away with and how much people really wanted to see her suffer and to think that her character not only you know died by lame by uh, by a lame death but it happened off camera like come on that's that sucks. So I hated it. I think everyone else hated it. And, uh, and now we know that Lena Hetty hated it as well. So there you go. 
Um, on Sunday, the second episode of the second season of Big Little Lies, uh, premiered and oh my god is this show so good like I mentioned that it came back last week and I was like oh it was really really good and I'm really looking forward to the new season but already in the second in the second episode shit is happening and I was like oh my god oh my god and I'm screaming I was screaming at how good it was so um yeah I have a feeling that I'm going to have to uh, either keep talking about it or recap it at the end of the season or something. But, um, if, if Big Little Lies keeps, keeps going on this trajectory, it is, it is seriously going to become one of the best shows of the year. So uh, if you're not watching, start watching, you can watch the whole first season, you can binge that and then watch these, these, uh, two new episodes from the second season and get caught up and um, maybe we'll start talking about it. I don't know, but I loved that second episode. So uh, if you watched it, I bet you did too. And if you didn't watch it, watch it and love it just like me. Um, On a personal note, as I mentioned last week, this Sunday, I got to go back to Disneyland and visit Galaxy's Edge, the new Star Wars land. And I'm very happy to announce that I was able to do all of the things in the land that I wanted to do. So unlike my first visit last week when I did not get to visit the cantina, and that kept me from really wanting really wanting to give a review of the land because I you know I didn't get to do one of the most important things in the land. So I didn't feel like I wanted to give a review until I was able to do that. I'm happy to report that this last Sunday not only did I get to enjoy all of the fun stuff at Galaxy's Edge again, but I got to go to the cantina for the first time and I loved it. It really 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 made my whole experience uh, in the land so much better. So now I feel that I can give a proper review of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. um, And that will be in its own bonus podcast this week. So um, I'm going to save my gushing for a bonus episode that will come later this week where I talk um, all about, uh, my, my two experiences at Galaxy's Edge, sharing with you the things I liked about the land, the things I didn't really like about the land, the things that I got to do, what the options are, um, and my recommendations for how to enjoy the land if and when you get to visit. Uh, the one last thing I will say about this is my really, really good friend and Disney wife, Elena, Uh, She uh, has a reservation to visit Galaxy's Edge next Saturday, and Disney gave her the opportunity to add guests to her reservation, and she graciously added me, so I'm very happy to say that I'm going to get to go again next Saturday, but I will not make you wait that long until you hear my review, so my uh, review of Galaxy's Edge will come before um, the coming weekend. Um, but I am excited to go back to Galaxy's Edge again and do all the fun stuff for a third time. So I know it sounds like I'm being greedy and it sounds like uh, I'm spoiled, but maybe I am and I can't help it. Like, I, you know, I got a reservation and I took some friends and then those friends got reservations and they invited me to go with them. So there you have it. Okay, on Monday, Taylor Swift's 
again, more Taylor Swift news. She released the music video for her her um, her new song, You Need to Calm Down. And uh, it is a cornucopia of LGBTQ stars. In the video are cameos by Ellen DeGeneres, Ryan Reynolds, Billy Porter, Sierra, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, Adam Lambert, Todrick Hall, Adam Rippon, Dexter Mayfield, the guys from uh, Queer Eye for the straight guy, um, and a whole bunch of drag queens from RuPaul's Drag Race who were dressed as Ariana Grande, Beyonce, Gwen Stefani, Adele. I mean, it was a who's who of of the most important current gay LGBT stars who decided that they wanted to appear in Taylor Swift's video, which I think speaks volumes about how um, Taylor's support of the LGBTQ community is being accepted. Um, You know, again, everything that Taylor seems to do gets criticized and she's getting backlash, you know, you know, she's pandering to the gays and she's capitalizing and selling records during Pride Month, which I think is complete bullshit. I mean, what she's doing is she's saying, look, I am taking a stand. This is what I want to say. These are the people that I want to invite into my music video to get my message across even, even farther. And, um, I fully support it. I, whatever. She, doesn't have to do this and she's doing it people say she's doing it to make more money i think she's gonna lose money by doing this because you know like i mentioned earlier like her conservative fan base is not they're not going to be on board with this and she's going to suffer financially for speaking out and i appreciate the fact that she's doing it and regardless irregardless of all of that it's a great song it's a fun poppy song the music video is fun and colorful it's like this you know candy-coated haven of, like, gay people, and it's a really, really fun music video. Um, But one of the biggest things about the music video that has nothing to do with, you know, gay rights or anything like that is that Katy Perry makes a cameo in the music video. Now, as you may know, Taylor Swift and Katy Perry have had bad blood for a very, very long time. They were, quote-unquote, feuding and... um, they were former friends, and then, you know, they went through this whole thing where... I'm not going to rehash their drama. The drama is over. They are friends again. Or at least they decided to put the bad blood behind them. And um, they're willing to support one another. And I cannot even tell you how happy I am that these two talented, strong women are now friends. They're no longer feuding. People can say whatever the th- they fucking want, but the fact that these these ladies are working together, I think is fantastic. So, awesome, awesome, awesome. In the video, Katy Perry is dressed as a hamburger, and Taylor Swift is dressed as uh, an order of french fries, and they lock eyes, and then they hug, and they hug, and together they make a happy meal. Get it? <laughs> Which I love, I love, I love, I love. So, I'm not the biggest Katy Perry fan, and... Those of you who know me, y'all know that. But I do love that Katie and um, Taylor have squashed their beef. And I love that they are collaborating together and they're friendly or friends or whatever. And that's great. And if I'm being completely honest, Katy Perry has a new song out that I kind of like. So, you know, make of that what you will. All, all seem, all, all point, 
all signs seem to point that things are going very, very well for both of these ladies, and the fact that they're friends again makes it all the better. So, um, so yeah, that's awesome. The, the Taylor's music video is available for streaming now. And the last thing I want to say about it is at the very end of the video, she, Taylor, has a message um, that advocates for her, uh, for the people who follow her or her fans to support her change.org petition where she is advocating for gay rights. And um, again, she doesn't have to do any of this, but she's doing it anyway. And um, I love it. So that's all I have to say about that. Lots of Taylor Swift news this week. Um, She's been dropping news, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there. So it's been a pretty big, awesome week for Taylor Swift and for... um, her gay fans. Um, okay. And we're up to Tuesday. Tuesday, it was reported that Pose, the FX series Pose, has been renewed for a third season, and the second season just started. Uh, the show has hit uh, a ratings high, and because it's doing so well, and because FX believes in it so much, they've decided to give the show, to greenlight the show for a third season already. Um, I've talked about Pose before. It's one of my favorite new shows. It definitely was my one of my favorite new shows of last year. I am thus far really loving the second season, which is set in the early 90s. So um, good news for Pose fans like me. Hopefully Pose fans like you. Uh, third season has been greenlit and it is on the way. Um, it was also announced on Tuesday that a prequel book to The Hunger Games is coming out. Um, the book is still untitled, and it is set 64 years before the events of the first Hunger Games book took place. And the rumor has it that it will focus on the character of Mags, who was the elderly um, woman who was central was a central figure in the second Hunger Games movie Catching Fire um uh, as a previous winner she won the Hunger Games when she was a young teenager and the rumor is that this Hunger Games prequel will center around her or will feature her in some way but whatever the case may be Hunger Games fans uh have cause to celebrate because there will be a new book coming uh, for us to read. And finally, Boy George has uh, pop star Boy George, gender bending pop star Boy George, has revealed that he would love for Game of Thrones actress Sophie Turner to play him in a biopic about his life. So, biopics are really big right now. The Bohemian Rhapsody, which was about uh, Freddie Mercury's life, did very well at the box office. Currently, there's a uh, biopic about uh, the life of Elton John that I guess is doing well. I don't really like Elton John, so I don't really care. Um, but uh, but Boy George, I do like. And that Boy George wants uh, Sophie Turner to play him in this biopic, I think is genius. Um, I'm sure there'll be some flack saying like, oh, like it should go to a queer artist. It should be a gay man playing Boy George in this film. And... I understand that criticism, but I don't agree with it, at least not in this instance. I think Sophie Turner is an amazing actress, and I think she has a Boy George look to her, and I can see her 
performing that role and playing him, uh, I could see her doing it very well. So if Boy George is all about it, I'm all about it, and uh, I'm a fan. So there you go. That's what I got for you this week. Um, Lots of fun stuff, lots of Taylor stuff. Um, it was a pretty decent week in entertainment news. Uh, and yeah, so stay tuned. I will be recording and releasing a bonus episode, a bonus podcast this week where I talk about Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland. And other than that, I'm going to keep my uh, ear to the ground and my eyes on the interwebs looking for stuff to talk about for next week. So I hope uh, all of you had a great week in pop culture. I hope your summer is going well. Your almost summer is going well. It's almost summer, you guys. It's 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 almost the end of June, which means it's almost ugh, my birthday, but we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the fact that... Um, I'm wrapping up another episode of Pink is New Podcast. And you guys have a great week. And I will see you here next week. Have a great week. I'll talk to you then. Bye.